coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I'm waiting for you to join me because today we're going to have a very special way of something brand new called community ship. Think about that. Community ship, is that possible? Well, we're going to find out from this wonderful Dr. Anne Dynan. We tried to meet when she was putting her daughter into college recently, and it didn't happen. But then we had a Zoom call. And I was so enamored with this woman and what she's trying to do for leadership today. Leadership, we're all leaders, whether you realize it or not, we are all leaders. People look to us to bring peace and bring harmony to our cities and our planet. Well, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dr. Ann Dynan. Ann was named the expert consultant in the area of peace leadership by the Search for Common Ground. Ann is also the recent past convener of the Peace Leadership Affinity Group in the ILA International Leadership Association. She's also past president of Deeper Peace Leadership Institute and previously the head of the North American Operations for Globally Responsible Leadership Initiative. Think about that, globally responsible leadership. If our globe would only operate as one entity, that we would be in harmony with all the humanity and nature above all else. She is the, this was interesting. She was on the faculty of the Whole Foods Market Academy for Conscious Leadership, adjunct for faculty in the area of peace leadership, and is currently working on a book on peace leadership. She earned her doctorate degree, and I could go on and on and on, but I really want to get to the point. This is a woman that you're going to want to invite your friends to listen to. You're going to want to invite them to join us and have a conversation. And with that, Dr. Ann Dynan, I welcome you to peacepodcast.org. Thank you, Barbara. As always, it's just so wonderful to be in community with you and, and to be having this amazing dialogue around peace leadership, community ship, and just advancing peace forward. So thank you for offering to host me on this podcast. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, you know, we talked about peace leadership in the past. I interviewed you many years ago. And then recently I said, well, let's talk about peace leadership. And you said, no, let's talk about community ship. And I thought, okay, first of all, we're going to know what that means. What is that definition of community ship? And then can I, as a Santa Barbara, the new international city of peace, become a community ship person? Absolutely. So because I know we probably have some new listeners, um, why don't I just take a minute and, and just chat a little bit about what we discussed previously around peace leadership so we have some context, and then we'll bring in the community ship piece. Does that work for you? Perfect. Yay. Alrighty. So originally we talked about peace leadership as essentially being the nexus, the nexus of positive peace and positive leadership. And we very quickly defined um, positive leadership just as an example. And by the way, 
there's a little bit more work now on positive leadership out there, but unfortunately a big dearth. Thank, thank you, Kim Cameron, for doing some work in this area, but um, you would expect more, but there, there has not been much. But what we do have out there defines positive leadership as basically focusing on virtuous behaviors and positive emotions and energizing with an affirmative basis. Um, so pretty much what you might expect. So that's the one component of peace leadership. And then positive peace, which many people know is not the absence of violence, but rather a situation that creates social systems, which I love, so a systemic component that serves the needs of the whole population through equitable methods. And then the Institute of uh, Economics and Peace, IEP, um, Steve Kilalea, um, and his organization further define positive peace by looking at eight pillars. And I will very briefly just say that those eight pillars are a well-functioning government, uh, equitable distribution of resources, free flow of information, a sound business environment, high level of human capital, acceptance of the rights of others, low levels of corruption, and good relations with neighbors. So when you take that uh, component of positive peace and the positive leadership, the nexus is how we've described uh, positive or peace leadership. And as you know, we talked about Ubuntu as um, an African humanistic philosophy as something that could really undergird that model. Um, yeah. Ubuntu is something that Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Desmond Tutu both uh, put into play to uh, unite South Africa post-apartheid. And I was feeling pretty good that we could use some of those Ubuntu tenets, such as interconnectedness and um, forgiveness and compassion, um, there's others, um, and infuse those into that model of both positive peace and positive leadership or peace leadership. And I thought, okay, we are now, we're on our way. But something was nagging at me, just nagging that we need one more thing. And even though I actually said we were going to have peace leadership for the purposes of a flourishing global society, like we have to hang our hat on something, we need context, I still didn't feel like we quite had enough. And then I'm in a conversation and I hear someone mention the word community ship and every ounce of my being starts tingling. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what community ship is, how it's defined, but I feel like it relates to this, this model and this framework. So to answer your question, uh, Henry Mintzberg, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing everybody's names correctly because I really wanna make sure we get proper attribution here, um, basically coined the term community ship. He said, you're not gonna find this in a dictionary. Um, and he said, it's not really shared leadership. Um, it doesn't eliminate the need for leadership as we know it, um, but it's a way for the community to move forward itself with a lesser need of intervention. And I thought, well, okay, I, I get that. And then people are starting to build on this a little bit. So this was probably 2008, 2009. And then David Gertin, I believe is how it's pronounced, um, defined community ship as a process of social influence in which everyone in a community exercises leadership and works towards a set of common goals. Okay, I'm, I'm good with how this is building along. And then Jamie Muscop comes up with community ship as a process that occurs when the members of a community explicitly agree to practice and support one another in the practice of radical self-awareness, 
So we went into the peace leadership model and self-awareness is the very first rung. Uh, radical self-love, radical candor and conversational leadership with the intent of moving not only themselves, but society forward towards systemic equity and justice. And now, now I'm getting hooked. I'm getting hooked because what I realized we were missing in this whole conversation was the diversity, equity, and inclusion components that are foundational for peace. So I then envisioned the following definition to finally answer your question. <laughs> Communityship is defined as an integral, inclusive process with fair, equitable, and equal representation of all community members who are recognized as leaders for the purposes of citizen and community flourishing. Wow. You know, that's <laughs> a big mouthful that you just said. You yes. know, think about that. You take an average community, there are so many differences of opinion and so many ways that they express it. And to say that now we are under community ship might be a way to bring this to a holistic conclusion that will work for all. I, I hope so, because I think it's really recognizing the interconnectedness that Nelson Mandela mentioned with Ubuntu, right? I mean, we are all in this together and we must recognize that. But most importantly, we need to act in accordance with that for the purposes of, of our own flourishing and therefore for community flourishing. So essentially, this is, um, this is a, a global citizenship model or mandate, however you want to look at it. Yeah, it really, there's two things I wanted to say. One is you're following Steve Kilalea. His podcast is on now. He, you know, his new book is out, Peace, uh, Chaos and Peace, or Creating Peace and Chaos. Yes. Anyway, his book is out and he's on my Peace podcast and you're going to be right after him. So <laughs> it's like, why did these miracles happen that Steve and now Dr. Ann Dynan, you're listening to Ann Dynan. She has a very novel concept, which has been around for a while, but it's up to us to pay attention to see what we can do to do what you said, diversity, equity, and justice, bring that into the harmony of our community. You know, there's so many avenues, but we almost like need the commandment, thou shalt say, is this beneficial to all? Is this beneficial to all? Is it the truth? You know, these are the things that we in Rotary bring into the four-way test. And I think they would work if everybody just followed that four-way test, which is not de developed by Rotary. It's developed by ethics and a diversity and equity and all the other good things. Equality is important. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So what drew you to this work? It sounds like you have a PhD in making communities work. What drew you to this work, Anne? Well, actually, my PhD is in social sciences. So I'm, I'm a social worker probably by personhood and also by profession. Um, but the, the social work aspect, I started to move into coaching. I moved into leadership. So I'm, I'm actually now an executive uh, leadership coach and executive leadership consultant. Um, and through that work, I actually was asked to find a Nobel laureate as a um, as a speaker for a conference on business uh, for World Benefit, David Cooper Writers Conference. And so I thought of um, Marty Adesart, former president of Finland, Nobel laureate, and had recently been to Finland and was so impressed with what the Finns are doing around education and peace and things. So I asked if he would come and speak and he agreed, but he insisted that, and in a beautiful way, that I actually 
participate in meetings that he was involved with. And for three days, um, he and I had the most amazing chats around peace leadership, the importance of women, the importance of the diversity, equity, and inclusion um, components being part of the peace process. And so actually, he is what drew me to this work, simultaneously um, having been in South Africa and learning about Ubuntu. And then the model sort of downloaded to me and put the two together, and that's what drew me to this work. I'm compelled. That spiral of coincidences that bring you to your goal, your vision. And so what this work that you've done and the good fortune you've had to be with the right people at the right time to help you formulate your own position on the planet, what is your vision for the work that you're doing today? Hmm. Well, actually, you've, you've touched on it a little bit. Um, I really feel like we need to develop a new way of being, um, cross-culturally, global citizenship-wise. And um, it starts for me with education, um, because we have an opportunity when we have unformed minds <laughs> to really um, to introduce this way of being in terms of being peaceful, being at peace, interacting in a peaceful manner with others and practicing that and then using that framework right the lens of is what i'm thinking peaceful is what i'm doing peaceful um how will what i'm thinking about or doing about bring about a more peaceful situation for myself and for others and i mean that includes um you know the types of foods we eat the actions we take um everything um so that's my vision is if we could truly have a global citizenship model introduced at the young ages i think we could get to peace within a generation so beautiful you remind me of my late husband dr robert mueller who said we need a global education and so he created the global framework. It's called the World Core Curriculum. And it's a very beautiful global framework for how children at a very young age understand that they're part of the universe, that they are not just one family member, but they are part of the universe. And one of the schools, which was started by Gloria Crook in Arlington, Texas, the little kindergartner went home to her mom and said, Mom, do you know what that we're part of the universe? And think about that. To realize that you are part of this infinite amount of university, universal, and love that this universe created to bring this child into the world. And the Robert Mueller Schools has from the infinitely small to the expansive universe, and they start in kindergarten teaching children that, so that the children become global thinkers before they become global citizens. That is beautiful. Do you know, I actually did not know that. So I'm going to follow up with you later. <laughs> you know, Robert and I uh, wrote 7,500 Ideas for a Better World based on his 40 years at the United Nations, where they had to solve the problems, yes. the problems that could have resulted in another world war, but they never had one, because that's where their global voice was heard. And where hundred and what 96 countries could talk together and mm -hmm. see each other as real human beings not somebody to destroy to have peace but somebody to live in harmony for peace and that's my goal and you know you have a vision for the world which you kind of talked about in your own way what is it and you said i want to think and act for peace and all the people i've interviewed and you know you're like 82 81 on this peace podcast series but I did 216, 75 peacemakers, and they all said, peace begins with me. 
yes. and starts with the conversation. Yes. Yes. We've been, I feel as though until recently, we've been having conversations about peace, we about doing peace. Um, but there hasn't been enough recognition of where am I in that process? And, and anybody doing peace I and mean, people burn out doing peace, right? So we, we may not need to do peace if we could be peace. But in the meantime, <laughs> we need to do both. So being peace, learning about being peaceful, recognizing what that means, things that might surprise you, um, and then moving into the actions, the attitudes, the thoughts, the deeds around, again, what might surprise people that would constitute being peace. So at home with your partner, um, uh, with your children, how to, how to even speak to people in a peaceful manner, and then ultimately doing the big peace building work. So yes. Yeah, beginning with peace starting with me. It begins with me. Yes. And these people who I've interviewed, I've had the good fortune to do, the benefits are it keeps you young. It yeah. keeps your thinking positive. Yes. Yes. It keeps you moving forward. It keeps you focusing on the future we want. And you know, my husband and I would talk about, um, as we did our talks around the world, that peace begins in our mind. Yes. You know, is this a kind of an action plan we could take into the future and talk a little bit about how peace is something that we visualize? You know, we wouldn't have all these great inventions if they wouldn't first start in the mind and then become reality. So talk a little bit about the action steps we can take right now, Anne. So I have to tell you, I only recently started doing this in a, in a very big concerted conscious effort and I'm blown away. So it's, it's as simple and as complex as watching and catching your thoughts. And I always thought I was a pretty positive person. I think most people will look at me and go, oh, she's pretty upbeat. She's pretty positive. Her framework's very positive. You would not believe the number of negative thoughts that were going through my mind. And I started to train myself to catch them. And I couldn't believe it. I thought, what is this doing to me? What is this doing to others? So catching those negative thoughts first and foremost, then transmuting them, obviously, is very important. But just being aware of the amount of negativity that goes through our brains on a daily basis is probably the biggest first step I think we can take for an action plan. Isn't that the truth? It's almost like negativity is the way of life and we have to change that with our own thoughts. And I too have negative thoughts and I think, thank you, I'm going to do this now. Thank you, you know. A negative thought is an indication of something, but everything, as Dr. Stanley Ross said, is a gift. Even your negative thought, because now you can be aware of maybe what it's doing to you. Like I have friends who say, you sure don't look your age. And I say, well, thank you. I look the way I feel. I look happy because I am happy. I smile because I am happy. I know that what the world needs now is more people like me with enthusiasm for peace. And so in order to be enthusiastic for peace, you have to watch what you're thinking. And if you do get a negative thought, that's normal. Don't, don't be good to yourself. That's a benefit of peace, isn't it? We can be kind, generous to ourselves. It begins with me. It absolutely does begin with each one of us, underscore, for sure. And we're part of the bigger picture. You know, a lot of people say, like this little girl said to me when I was doing a talk for UN Day, she said, 
oh, Mrs. Mueller, you're so important. What can I do? And I said, turn around. There were 350 kids there. And I said, all of you, turn around and look at the wall. The wall had this word P-E-A-C-E, -E, about this large, 12 feet, 12 inches high. P-E-A-C-E. -E. And I thought, wow, that's a beginning. And it was placed in a corner. So I said to the little girl, would you like to start an international um, movement with me? And she said, sure. And she got her spark back. And I said, look at that is in the corner. Let's start Peace Corners. Now we have, that was at a Montessori school. And every Montessori school has a Peace Corner now. A corner where you can go and think about peace. A corner where you can be safe. And they started to take the Peace Corners home so that they would have a place in their home where they would be safe and happy. And sometimes the mothers would sit in there and says, I'm in my peace corner now. I want you to be fine without me because I'm at peace. And it's, it starts this movement. If you don't see peace around you, forget about it. So my goal is to have everybody just make a peace corner in your house. I have one in my kitchen because I want to eat in peace. I want to eat in gratitude. And these are simple things you can do to train your mind, right, Anne? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. I love that idea of the Peace Corner, though. I'm going to adopt that. We, we, we started out, as soon as we finished it, and I, took, I went to the little uh, trophy shop, and I said, can you make me Peace Corner signs? Can you make me Peace Corner signs? And now I have Peace Corner signs in my purse, and they have a sticky piece of tape on the back. And I spoke recently to the Unity Church, and I had this big bag with me. You know, kids love bags. I said, are there any children here? Come up and look in my surprise bag. And they pulled out the Peace Corner, and I said, can you read that? Peace Corner. And I said, what does that mean? The little boy was like five years old. Said, it means love. And I said, yes, it means love. Love peace and love your family. And you become peace. Anyway, he passed it out to the whole congregation. And people write me around the world that say, I just went to a Montessori school and every room had a peace corner. And so it's the simple things that make us remember that peace is possible. Right, Anne? Absolutely. It, it is not rocket science, right? It is not rocket science. We know what to do. We know how to be. We've lost our way around that. Um, and we just need to kind of come home to ourselves, our peaceful selves, be that peaceful self and be that for others. And as I listen to Anne, I am so grateful. I am a, I operate out of gratitude. I'm thankful that you're here today, Anne. And Anne, I want to ask you if you'd like to give us the last word, and then we're going to invite people to have a conversation about what you said today. You gave us a lot of resources in the beginning, but then you ended with that very personal approach that we can take today. And what would you like to say to our listeners? Oh, I would, I would like to say, don't give up hope. You know, I hear people say things like, oh, peace is impossible. Well, if you view it outside of yourself, then it, it does feel big and too hard to manage. But if you bring peace back in towards yourself, and it's an internal process first and foremost, that can be managed. So don't give up hope. You can be peace yourself. Isn't that a beautiful way to finish our conversation today? Don't give up hope. Allow yourself to believe that the peace is possible. As my late husband would say to people as we were walking down the hall of the United Nations, hi, what are you thinking now? They just stop them in their tracks. 
And he, they would say, and then Robert would say, I'm going to invite you to think about peace, a world that works for all. And he was a kind of man that would, you know, if he was somewhere, everybody pay attention. So just imagine if he said, what are you thinking now? And think about the peace that our world needs and imagine the world at peace. Imagine children playing in parks without being afraid. Imagine countries not being at war, having peace be the way. With that, Anne, you have just been such an inspiration and a delight. And I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. You've just listened to Dr. Anne Dynan. And guess what? We now have an app. And so you can go on your iPhone and download the app for free in the App Store. And the benefit is we now have classification. Let's suppose you're a little bit down in the dumps and you need some inspiration. Go to the category inspiration and Pick up one of those podcasts when you're driving in your car. Put those earphones on and listen to a podcast to bring you into peace and harmony. And I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller thanking you, thanking and Dr. Ann Dynan, wonderful guest today. And I want you to know that you are important. What you do today matters. And what happens tomorrow is because of your thoughts today. With that, I say thank you. Bye for now.